Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere with your host, Chris Parker. And we are back with Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. This is Chris Parker, and I have Hus van der Monde with us today, and he is the founder of the machine learning company, which is part of Squadra. Um, I'm really excited to talk to Hus because he has been um, working in machine learning and AI and creating value with that for the last couple of years. Um, he's been in digital transformation and, and digital consulting for, for a lot longer than that. So really fascinated to see you know, what he has been learning and how he is bringing, I guess, the power of machine learning to the market. So Hus, welcome and thank you very much for the time. Can you please share with us all, what is it Hus that you do and why do you do what you do? Okay, well, thank you very much for inviting me as well. Uh, yes, I'm the founder of Squadra Machine Learning Company. And uh, basically, we help our customers uh, with applying data science and artificial intelligence uh, to help them, well, most of the times, reduce costs uh, or sometimes also to increase the revenue. And uh, we do that for a large part in the, the chain of uh, suppliers, uh, wholesalers, and retail. Um, so we focus on e-commerce, but we also focus on product data uh, on the, the supply chain, sort of a lot of things that we do, as long as within the, uh, the the value chain between suppliers and, and consumers in the app. And why, for you, is this something important to spend your life working on? Yeah. Well, uh, that comes back a little bit of history then. Um, uh, like you said in the introduction, um, I also uh, spent quite a lot of time, 16 years in total, working for a conclusion and conclusion is an IT company uh, with a lot of um, units, separate units. And I was responsible for one of the units. Actually, I started that unit, uh, which was called Conclusion Digital. And we were a software development company. So we developed a lot of uh, nice software, custom software for customers. And in the end, we also had some standard products in the uh, healthcare market. Um, and it was really fun. And I started it at my own. and. Uh, 16 years later, we had a company of more than 100 uh, software developers in, in three cities in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, in Utrecht, and in Heerlen. Uh, and then Conclusion uh, got uh, uh, sold to private equity fund. And then I thought, well, this is the time that I can change, that I can do something else. And then I really uh, was looking forward to do something of myself, because uh, within Conclusion, I only had a very small uh, share of, uh, within the company. And then I thought, well, I really would like to start something for myself. I had to drive. And I'm also a person who is really driven by uh, technology and what you can do with it. And I didn't want to do the same things that I used to do. Also because I had a lot of restrictions, of course. I, did, I wasn't allowed to do the same things in the same markets, at least. So I thought, well, let's, let's do something completely new. And I was uh, involved in the digital transformation. And I was looking at all the... And the technologies that were really uh, speeding up the disruptions and things like that. So, well, I thought uh, let's take a deeper dive into that. So, I looked at uh, at uh, IoT. I looked at uh, 3D printing. Uh, I even looked at uh, quantum computing, which is a little bit more further down the road. But also um, uh, to AI, to machine learning, and it uh, got my interest. And then I decided to do uh, to go a deeper dive into that. So I. I, I booked a, a course uh, on Stanford, and uh, in three months' time, I went through uh, quite a quite a heavy data science machine learning uh, track. Uh, 
um, and I really needed to go back to the mathematics again, and I needed to go back to the, the computer and, and designing things and, and programming, which was really not my, my thing to do. Uh, but I wanted to do this because I wanted to understand what is the uh, possibility and what, what are the applications of machine learning, what can you do with it? And after that, I was really quite um, convinced that this kind of technology would really be uh, something that would change uh, the world, uh, would really change the way that we are living and working uh, today. Uh, it's really the next step in, uh, in automation, next step in IT. So that's when I said, okay, let's uh, start a company called Machine Learning Company. And it was really uh, quite a big step because um, from one day to another, I just had only me, myself and I, because I didn't have any team around me. I didn't have any customers then yet. I just started and said, well, okay, let's let's do this. Uh, so that was quite a, quite a step to take uh, and driven by uh, the things that you can do uh, with the technology. Well, hats off to you, because as you know, um, I was also part of a data science oriented company um, with some brilliant people. And uh, after about a year of running some amazing projects, we were never able really to get it to land and get it to uh, scale in a way. And so we folded shop. Um, so it's already hats off to you for taking something that's, that's pretty advanced and, and, and making it work for the last number of years. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious, how do you make it work? So, so you know, machine yeah. learning, which I'm going to ask you in, the, in a couple of minutes to find that for us, for, the, for everyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. How are you? How do you make a business out of um, machine learning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, uh, there's also a bit of uh, the the momentum in the market. Of course, it's just really gained mm -hmm. like the last couple of years. And when I started my to find my first customers back in the beginning of 2017, I really needed to explain what is machine learning, what is artificial intelligence, and what can you do with it. Because yeah, most people well heard of it and they had their own ideas with it, but it wasn't really clear uh, what they could do with it. That has improved quite a lot the last hmm. years, although a lot of people are still struggling with the, the, the definition of, uh, of machine learning. Um, and uh, so basically I started off and said, okay, this is what we can do with it by showing them, just giving them examples. And uh, the first years, and even still now, uh, we do a lot of proof of concept projects, a lot of pilots to just give us the data and show it what it can do. Mm. Um, and if you are able to show them uh, what is um, uh, the possibility of this technology, then yeah, people get enthusiastic, of course, and say, well, well, great, I never knew that this was possible. But even then, uh, it's, it still has to go from an innovation side to sort of moving over to the uh, normal day-to-day uh, -day business side, mm -hmm. uh, because even sometimes we said, okay, well, this can save you a lot of money because take a look at this use case that we've done it, we've proven it. I said, yeah, yeah, great idea. And it's, it was part of an innovation budget, which was a small budget. And well, it, it takes some time and sometimes a year, sometimes even longer to really migrate from that innovation stage to, okay, uh, now we're going to use it in production. And what also helped, and this was the, the, the change for my company because I started off as a projects company and we're still doing a lot of projects, which means that we do work on a time material basis usually. Uh, so more of like a consulting uh, company, but uh, at a certain point of time in 2019, I thought, well, let's also make the move to create a standard product and not only sell it by 
time material basis, but they sell it by this is a product and pay per use. So if you use it a lot, then you pay more. If you don't use it a lot, then you, you need to, then do not need to pay any uh, high yeah. amount of, of money. And that really helped because then they said, okay, it's a standard solution. Uh, it's sort of proven because we've run it with, with some other customers as well. And that really helps uh, accepting this kind of technology because then it's really something you can plug into your systems and, uh, well, basically uh, I click a few buttons and then it works. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but in essence, that's uh, how you can um, um, propose it. And that's also uh, how they envision it. And that really helps in the acceptance of this kind of technology. And what does the technology do? So what is this productized solution? What, what is the, yeah. the outcome of it? Uh, maybe I could first explain the, the definition of machine learning mm. and, and then explain what, what, what we do with it. Um, the definition, uh, the way that I see it is that um, for the last 30, 40 years, we have been developing software, uh, which is really uh, in a way like if this, then that. So that's really programming. So if there's some challenge, then an analyst uh, can analyze uh, the process and then he can make a design for a programmer. And then we say, okay, well, if we make some programming rules, uh, then the software does what it needs to do. Uh, and of course, that's all built up of rules that somebody has typed in. Um, with machine learning, you're not doing all of that. You're just saying, okay, well, let's give me a good data set. And within the data set, there's all kinds of intelligence already incorporated in the data. Uh, all kinds of relations, uh, all kinds of, of knowledge uh, about things. So instead of making all kinds of, of uh, rules for programming, uh, I can say, well, just, just, just use this data and to see if we can uh, take that data and create some algorithms from that data. That's basically what we call the machine learning part. So that means that we use the data uh, to develop some kind of a software, um, not using all kinds of manual uh, rules, but just using the data to, do that, to, do, to make some functionality that works. So that's the basics of, uh, of machine learning. Um, and this is not really new. Uh, it is something that was invented in the, in the, uh, in the early 60s already at universities, the principle. Uh, but in order to do this, it's quite a, yeah, you need quite some, some mathematical um, uh, power. So that means that you would use quite a lot of uh, CPU or GPU at, at these days. Uh, so a lot of processing power together with a lot of data. And back in the 60s, 70s, we didn't have a lot of data and we didn't have a lot of computing power. But uh, fast forward to 2020, we have massive tons of data because we've been implementing ERP systems for the last 20 years. We have uh, creating each, each day a lot of uh, content on, on, on YouTube, on social media. Uh, there's really a lot of data. So that's one thing. There's really a lot of easy uh, to access and quite cheap computing power. Yeah, if you go to Amazon, if you go to Google, to Microsoft, it's really quite cheap to, to rent a machine for a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, whatever, to do really a lot of great computing stuff. And of course, all the um, larger companies like Microsoft, like Google, like Amazon, uh, Facebook, they're all realizing uh, that the artificial intelligence is the next big thing. So they're all rapidly developing um, platforms that you can really easily use to apply this machine learning data. So the combination of those three things make it that it's really quite accessible at these times. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as hard as it used to be uh, 10 years ago. And it's not as hard as it used to be five years ago. 
and it's not as harsh as it used to be one month ago because it's really rapidly evolving and rapidly increasing in, in possibilities again. That's also why it's really an interesting area uh, because uh, well, each time, uh, each month, then there will be some new discoveries, some new technologies, uh, which you can, they can use then. Uh, so that's quite exciting. So um, the way that we use it, so the, the standardized products, and they are focusing then on the, the markets for suppliers, wholesalers, and retailers. And we have defined three uh, product sets uh, for that. Uh, the first one is on the e-commerce side. So that's on the customer facing side. And uh, well, the most uh, obvious one is, is a recommendation engine, uh, which means that you can make a recommendation for a certain customer of the things that he probably likes. Mm. Um, I compare it with uh, Netflix, for example. If you have watched a couple of movies on Netflix, then the algorithm of Netflix knows quite well uh, what other uh, films, movies, uh, series that you might like. It doesn't base that only on your viewings, but it bases them on all the other viewings of all the other people as well. So in that way, you can quite easily make a, a recommendation engine, which increases sales, because if you see something, oh, that's a nice thing, uh, then you're easy. Uh, then you're, of course, uh, more, um, it's easier for you to say, okay, let's buy this product or let's rent a service or whatever. So that's recommendation engines, uh, uh, but also uh, things like uh, conversational commerce. Uh, you can use chatbots or voice uh, applications like Google Voice to also give some advice of a certain product um, to, to make sure that the, the consumer is uh, uh, getting the right directions uh, to buy the right uh, products. Um, there's a term prediction that we offer. So uh, based on their behavior, based on their um, their buyings, their orders, but also on their, their clicking and their searching, um, we can make a profile and we can say, well, this customer um, has a quite high probability of leaving to another uh, competitor of yours. So if you know that in an early stage, then of course you can give them some extra promotions, <laughs> uh, uh, give them some extra attention uh, to make sure that the customer is still happy and he stays with you. Cool. Uh, so those are all examples on the e-commerce sites, and, and these are these are solutions you can plug and play, as you said. Maybe not yeah. so easy, but yeah, to some extent, it, it's 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 a plug and play. Uh, some more, and some some a little bit uh, less than that. But um, um, well, for example, the recommendation engine. Yes, we need to feed it up with with the data because we need the data, uh, which we can use then to make a recommendation, which is usually the order data. So the, 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 the data of the, the sales has been done. And if that's available, uh, we might also use the, the clicking data and the search data uh, because that all rich enriches your data so you can make better, better predictions. Um, so yeah, we need to make a connection to that, but the engine is something that we already have developed. And of course we need to tweak it because sometimes it's really different data than other customers, but that's sort of more like configuring than just starting from scratch mm. and saying, okay, we need to create uh, an algorithm from scratch by now, because that's not necessary anymore, because we have a lot of things already pre-developed as a sort of the whole fabricates, and we can reuse them quite easily. Uh, so in, in that respect, it's quite plug and play. Uh, so that's on the e-commerce part. Mm. Um, some examples on the, on the other part is the supply chain optimization. Uh, that is about, okay, can I predict the demands? So demand forecasting. And also related to that, can I also make a prediction on what kind of products that I need to buy at what time against what price to get the best optimized model? And both from an availability point of view, I need to make sure that I have enough products to, to sell or to produce, uh, but also from a cost perspe perspective. 
uh, because I can say, well, I'm going to buy 100,000 of products, so I have enough in stock. But of course, my the cost for the stock will then also increase. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a um, optimizing all kinds of things uh, together, uh, uh, combining it with, with some machine learning. But also in the stock itself, um, for example, we did a project uh, for uh, well, Ingram Micro, that's, that's, uh, they're being bought over, I, I recently heard. Uh, but they're doing a lot of logistics for a lot of companies, uh, uh, for example, bull.com in, in the Netherlands, but a lot of others as well. Uh, they have large warehouses and trucks coming and they offload their products. And what they did is that they said, well, let's go and place these, these products uh, just in, in the first available uh, free uh, stock place in the, in the warehouse. Uh, which is fine. Uh, and then at the picking, we're going to say, well, okay, let's make a smart algorithm that uh, defines the, the, the smartest uh, way of picking. If you do that manually, then somebody needs to go to the, to the warehouse. And yeah, of course, that needs to be an optimized route. So that the sooner he's back with a, with a full bucket of, of all the products, the better. Um, but for example, if you um, make the, the, the put away process a little bit smarter so that you say, well, I've got some products, so where do I need to put this? Yeah, of course, I can put this on the first available free spot. But I can also say, well, this is a product which is uh, sold very frequently together with this product. So why not put this together in, in the locations nearby the other product? Because that saves you a lot of time in picking. And for example, if you are receiving uh, aircoats uh, in the winter, then don't put them on the, uh, on the first available, most achievable uh, spot because you probably won't need them for six months. Mm -hmm. So you can take into account a lot of seasonal influences also to make it smarter. And then you can save mm -hmm. quite a lot of time in that. So that's the second one. So besides e-commerce, we uh, have offerings for supply chain optimization. And the third one, uh, it's actually the biggest, uh, if you look at uh, the, the, the type of customers that we have, is uh, optimizing around uh, product data. So we have a smart product data management solutions. Um, and well, we have several solutions in that area. Um, for example, if I have um, uh, data, which I wanna uh, uh, use for, for my e-commerce, for example, uh, then of course the data needs to be as complete as possible. It also needs to be categorized in the right categories uh, classification of the products uh, we need to do. And if you have a lot of products, then this is really uh, something that takes a lot of time uh, to make sure that the products are in the right categories, to make sure that they have all the, uh, the features, the, 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 yeah, the product features of such a product that I all have that in my, my PIM systems or whatever. So what we do is that we use um, uh, the, the machine learning and AI technology um, to uh, automate that, these kind of processes. Um, so this is typically not a process that you can automate in a traditional way, um, because if you define some rules for if something like this, then you should do something like that, uh, because it's really uh, quite complex. It's a lot of data, so you, you would really, uh, it will really take you a lot of time to do this. So, but if you use the data that is already there and you know, make uh, generate a machine learning algorithm for that, then it's really possible to automate uh, things that before that, only humans were really good at, because it's we required some intelligence. If I look at some product description, yeah, I can say, well, this is this kind of product because I have a lot of knowledge about abbreviations, about the type of products, about all the things that are implicitly in the in the human's head, which are quite hard to program all at the same time. Mm -hmm. But if I use that data, then I can do this uh, functionality as well. Mm -hmm. So I can save a lot of manual effort in there, save a lot of time. 
And also, and from the other part, if I have such a product data, then for example, I would also like to sell this data. And um, I pick out two things that we do. Uh, one is that you need to have a commercial product description of your product, uh, which is fine. Uh, a lot of companies are around that. So you have copywriting companies which do that for you, uh, but it takes a lot of time. Uh, if you have a certain product and you want to generate, you want to you create at the text, it's typically about 15 to 20 minutes to 30 minutes that you would need to write a good uh, text. A text which is also complied to the SEO uh, rules uh, so that it contains the right keywords that people search on. Well, and if you have a hundred thousand products or a million products or whatever, then of course, if you want to spend 20 to 30 minutes for each product, it really is too much. You, you cannot afford that. Uh, so there, you need to have a different way. Hmm. So what we did is that we created an algorithm which uses the product features and then automatically generates a commercial product description. Uh, and we train that by using other examples of product descriptions, maybe from competitors or maybe the ones that you uh, previously outsourced to a copywriting company. So we feed that into the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So it learns from that. And then it is able uh, to export uh, a product description only using the features of the product. And then we can export it also in, in many languages. So this really enables an organization to say, well, okay, now I have the ability to really transform uh, my all my my long tail data uh, and transform that and digitize that and then put that available in an e-commerce uh, situation. And of course, I can make unique product descriptions for each product so that I can also have a, a high uh, ranking in the search engines. Uh, so that's the things that we do for uh, Dutch companies like uh, BCC, uh, also Gamma, uh, Kawai, uh, also uh, Adidas as a supplier, uh, Action, uh, so all those companies are now using our software to generate those product descriptions. Outstanding. Cool. Yeah. And the last one I wanted to mention is another example is that we are able using uh, our AI technology to understand what kind of products that we have and also make relations uh, between them. Mm. For example, if I have uh, uh, a can of paint, um, and if I'm looking at this as a consumer point of view, so I'll go to websites, search for some paint, white paint, and I get a piece of white paint. But then I can also say, well, okay, this is not the only white paint that we have because we have also in a, in a slightly different so white color and maybe in a light gray or light beige or whatever color. And we do not only have this in a two and a half liter can, but also in a five liter can and one liter can or even 200 milliliter can to test it out. Uh, so to present the customer the variations that you would have for mm. certain products. Uh, well, uh, usually companies do not have this kind of relations. So we use AI to identify mm. those relations so that uh, it doesn't take a lot of manual effort again to, uh, to identify which products are related to each other. And you can use that for variant detection, but also for presenting alternative, but also to present them some accessories and upsell products. So then again, we save a lot of time because mm. We don't need anybody, anyone anymore to, to search through the data and say, well, this product is related to that product. And it also increases the revenue because uh, Intergamma, a customer of ours uh, from Gamma and Kawai, uh, they uh, use this also in A-B testing. They said, well, let's see what it does. And it turned out that they had a, a higher conversion rate of 4.9% using the, the, uh, um, uh, the one that had the variance uh, on there. So it really increases the revenue and saves time well. What more would you need? I would say because mm. that's really a great solution for for a retailer. Well, I don't I don't think there's many people that really want to uh, increase revenue or save time. That's that doesn't sound interesting. 
to me yeah. too. So, so cool. And, and the fact that you've productized it, because um, that was the thing that, that a couple of years ago when we were, when we were, you know, starting to, to move into this space a bit, but more in the, uh, you know, intelligence and, and surveillance type domain, which is slightly different than commerce. But um, what I was finding was there was two main obstacles. So, so my, my question coming up is who's the perfect customer for this? Um, and, and, the two main obstacles were really the, the awareness and mindset of the decision makers, you know, awareness that it's even possible or, or safe, you know, cause there seems to be fear and uncertainty. And then the other big obstacle was just availability of data, meaning um, yeah. um, maybe they had it buried in their organization, but they, it just wasn't accessible or the quality was poor or, or they just didn't have the data. So I'm curious, do you see those obstacles as well? And, and is there a perfect customer that you have found that have worked through those obstacles in order to create value with machine learning? Yeah. Yes, I definitely recognize this. Um, the availability of data is, is, uh, is in most cases uh, really a prerequisite, um, although not in all, um, because sometimes we also can use uh, pre-trained models for this. Uh, and it gives you a good example. For example, if we're doing image recognition, uh, so we have a customer who sells uh, furniture and uh, well, uh, they also want to have extra data for this furniture. So uh, does it have uh, four uh, uh, legs or, or, or three or something like that? So they wanna extract this data from, from the images. Then you could say, well, okay, then you should have all kinds of examples of uh, images of those products so that we can train an algorithm on, um, which might run up into 10,000 or even 100,000 or millions of, of images that you should have, which is not achievable. However, you can also say, well, uh, there are large parties um, like Google, for example. Of course, they have a, a huge database of all the images. And uh, so what they did is they sort of pre-trained a model. And the pre-trained model you can then use as a starting point. Uh, it's actually such a model consists of several layers, let's say eight layers. Uh, and then if you are able to say, well, let's leave off the eighth layer, then I have seven layers left and I can train with even tens or hundreds of photos, so a lot, lot, lot smaller. I can then train the eighth level, but then I still have a right, really good, great quality hmm. uh, model then. So that is something that wasn't possible uh, five years ago, but it is possible right now. So the requirements for the, the data that you have is really changing also. And for other applications, um, like for example, the, uh, uh, well, maybe also the, the, the text generation part, we also use uh, generic language models for that. So that means that you don't have to have the data yourself because it's something that has been developed by other organizations like OpenAI or uh, any other larger uh, company like Microsoft or like Google or like mm. Amazon or whatever. So there's a lot of things that you sort of can buy and can use as a starting point and then of course, personalize it with your data. So that makes it a lot easier and accessible, yeah. more accessible. Um, when it comes down to, okay, um, artificial intelligence is a bit scary. It's a bit new. It's uh, I don't know what it is. It's a sort of like a black box. Uh, well, that's really something that people have to get used to it. And uh, the sort of the key that I found uh, uh, for some applications is that you say, well, you don't even mention that there's machine learning or artificial intelligence behind it. Uh, it's just, a, well, it's a product where you can generate text with it. Okay, that, that's, that's cool. 
Uh, well, okay, then I don't have to write my text on my own. No, you don't have to write the text. Well, on your own. it's a little hard because it's in the name of your company. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's, uh, that, that's well. Yeah. That's also why we said um, uh, we are going to release the products. Mm. And for example, the products I just described is called PowerText. Mm. Um, okay, PowerText.ai. So there's a little bit of <laughs> little bit of education that it's about mm. artificial intelligence, but. Uh, but so we were really um, um, uh, putting it to the market as a, as a standard solution. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, there's a lot of machine learning and AI behind it, but it doesn't always show off because it's just using a power text or a power class or power relate uh, or power enrich. Those are the names then of our mm -hmm. products that we, uh, that we use. Uh, so it comes down also a little bit to uh, how we, um, um, what is the proposition that you bring to the market? Um, and yeah, for other customers, I have to come back to your question. Mm. Um, like I said in the beginning, it's really about making a proof because uh, they are scared. They don't know what it is. Okay, let's let's make it very low entry. Uh, let's do a proof of concept only for a couple mm. of thousand euros. Then you can see what it does. Uh, and when they, they see what it is, then then really starting to get enthusiastic. And of course, then you need to, from that one place into the organization, you need to. Uh, spread it out to the other parts of the organization. Mm. Uh, at the end, you come at an MT level, and then they say, well, "Okay, this is really great, and let's do let's let's let's, let's do this." And I think that also the, the the timing, like I said, three years ago was a lot harder to get people convinced than it is today, uh, because yeah, it's all over in the newspapers, and uh, now sometimes yeah. you also have the ethical questions about it, and which is a correct question: uh, Should we uh, do this with our data? Uh, and uh, of course, when you're talking about product data, then there's usually not of uh, discussions about it. But if you're talking about customer data, if you're talking about patients, yeah, of course, then you really need to think about that aspect as well. So, yeah, I think we could do uh, AI and ethics as a whole other series of uh, podcast discussions we yeah. could have. But um, <clears throat> if you are on an executive team of, of a business <clears throat> that is, triggered by some of these words that you're talking about and they wanted to orient or or discover a bit more you know you you did a, a program with stanford in in machine learning what would you recommend you know one or two things that a, a business executive could do themselves to discover more and sort of up their own you know awareness of the strengths and weaknesses of ai so then so when they call you with a problem to solve, then they're maybe a bit ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of um, courses out there um, that are available. Um, but I think that the, the course that I was explaining about was is going really, uh, uh, it was way too technical for uh, an executive to, to make, to have some understanding. Uh, yes, there are also courses on Coursera and EDX uh, that are usually free that you can follow, but it, might take you a little bit more time than an executive might have. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that the best recommendation is uh, to use the Google search engine and type in some words and see what comes back and see what is already possible. And of course, um, uh, mm. companies like ours can also uh, help you a lot of, uh, help you with, of course, the, the answering this question. But if you want to prepare yourself, uh, well, nowadays there's a lot of examples uh, available uh, so if in your business, if you're looking, type in the name of your business, uh, the type of industry which you're in and uh, extend that with machine learning or extend that with artificial intelligence, 
and click on the search button, then you probably get a lot of examples already uh, of what is possible, sometimes in a proof of concept form, uh, but it gives you an idea of what, uh, what the possibilities are. Uh, and if you want to talk about um, some more things, then uh, of course we, we, we can help you with that. We are, well, this is for the Dutch market, but uh, we are um, in the process of finalizing uh, an e-learning um, to apply AI for uh, retail, uh, for e-commerce, I must say. It's not only retail, it's also wholesale. Uh, and that is uh, an, part of an e-learning uh, set of e-learnings, which is created by Dicewinkle.org, uh, an e-commerce organization. Uh, and they are doing a lot of subjects uh, also on, on, on product information management, on social media, uh, but also on, uh, on AI, so on machine learning. And uh, we have just, well, we're in the process of finalizing this. Uh, it's a free uh, course. It takes, I think, at about one, one and a half hour, and it will take you to a lot of practical examples. It will explain you the technology. Um, so that is something to, uh, to look forward to, I guess, if you're in that market. And um, the language they use is Dutch, so that means that it's only understandable for people uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, but, it, but if you are living in the Netherlands and if you are in the e-commerce business, then I think that's a good recommendation to, to go to. Yeah. Nice. And will that be on your website, <coughs> machine learning company uh, with dashes.nl? You'll be announcing yeah. that there, or can they sign up for a a newsletter or some other way of finding you, finding that? Yeah, we will also, uh, once it's been released, and I think it's been going to be released uh, within a couple of weeks, so it's really, really mm. quite short. If, if this is broadcasted, it might al already be released. So we will definitely have a link on our website, uh, but it's also available on the toyswinkle.org uh, uh, website because there's a list of all the, uh, the trainings that are available. Uh, like I said, it's for free. You just need to register for it, and then you can uh, have access to these uh, e-learning modules. Super cool. Well, it's um, based on our schedule. Yeah, it might be available already, so we'll put the link anyways on the show notes. So whenever you're listening to this, yeah, and you can also find it at machine-learning-company.nl. That's where uh, Hus's uh, company is findable. I think for me, last question is, um, and I'm really appreciating this because I love how approachable you've made it. Because you know, a number of years ago, AI and ML was scary stuff and, and sort of a dark art. And it sounds like you have, through your experience, sort of crafted it into these propositions which are consumable, um, which I love. I love hearing, you know, making things simple for people to, to reuse. Um, a question about the business case though, meaning um, if someone is, you know, th th that imaginary executive again, who's triggered by some of these things, what are things that they would consider when they're talking with you about the business case? So the, the ROI of, of machine learning and optimization like this, is, is, do you have any tips or tricks for that? And, and how can you help them with that? Yeah. Um, well, uh, there are two things that are really important. Uh, if you talk about, uh, is this something that I can apply? This is, one is of course the added value to the business. And the second one is about, uh, is it achievable? Um, and if you talk about the first one, everyone, what is the added value to my business? Business, It really comes down to, uh, well, the, the two things. Can I save some costs uh, or can I add some extra revenue? And that uh, saving costs is, for example, also uh, related to, okay, how many, what's the quantity of the things that I'm talking about? If you're talking about orders and you only have three orders a month, then forget about AI because you will never make uh, an ROI of this. 
But if you have hundreds of thousands or 10,000 or thousands of orders uh, each month, then yeah, yes, you probably can. So mm-hmm. take a look at the, the quantity uh, which, uh, of the products that you have. And also, of course, um, um, how much time would you be able to uh, save? Mm-hmm. Because, well, right now you have a group of people who's doing some work. And can we uh, do a lot more work with the same group of people? Or can we do the same work with less people and that they can do something other valuable stuff? So that's uh, one thing to take a look at. Uh, and also uh, the things that you do not do at this time because you never thought it was possible. Uh, for example, mm. that the long tail uh, example I said, well, okay, we, we have a customer. They have about 400,000 products. And uh, they said, okay, we digitized 40,000 of them. And it was really quite a lot of hassle to get a website with 40,000 products. Oh, we, great, we've done that. But they still have. Uh, 360,000 products which are not online. You can never order them online. Uh, so by explaining the things that we did, it said, well, okay, now it gives us an opportunity to do this. So also think about the, the, the possibilities that it might enable and uh, using this kind of technology. So those are all the things that you uh, can do to contribute to the added value of your business. So that's the one thing. The second one is about, okay, and is it also achievable then? Now, then it comes down to, okay, uh, take a look at the type of applications and what kind of data I need for this. And you might need to uh, have some, some consultancy in there because we, somebody needs to tell you, well, this is something you can do with, with data that you can buy or algorithms that you can buy, or this is something that you really need your own data of it. And then make an assessment. Do I have enough quantity of the data? And what is the quality of my data? Because rubbish in is rubbish out also in this case. So if I have not enough information, uh, not the right data quality, then I can train a model, but the, the, the quality of that model will also be bad because my data was bad. So if you have things that are really high value uh, and things that are really achievable, then it's really a go-go. And then it's quite easy to uh, create a machine learning application for it, and which will really save you a lot of time or bring you a lot of revenue. Uh, but you need to make sure that uh, you can uh, meet these uh, prerequisites. Uh, so in that uh, that e-learning that I just told you about, we also conclude ourselves with a model that you can sort of fill it in yourself. It's an, sort of a sheet that you can fill in and make your own assessment for it. And then it comes up with the things that are, are of most value, um, probably the, the low-hanging fruit that you can start with or the things that you can say, well, it's really high value, but start collecting data because if you don't have the data, then you are not able to do the, this kind of functionality. Yeah. So, yeah. And the last thing I'll... I'll uh throw in there um, just before we wrap up is, is it, is it valuable, achievable and ethical? Meaning yeah. is this something you should do? And uh, you already mentioned that, but I wanted to you know, bring it back up because uh, yeah. I think that's yeah, something that really, is, yeah. Of course, depends a little bit in, in what kind of business you are, because yeah. if, some businesses, if you're working with personal data, then this really comes up to the agenda. Mm. Uh, like I said, if you're in the e-commerce business, then this is what, not really a topic uh, to, mm. to most extent. Uh, of course, you can uh, yeah, make uh, the, think of some cases where, where it is also applicable, but uh, but that's yeah. more <clears> the uh, exception than, than a rule then. Yeah. Great. Hus, thank you so much. Again, um, if people can want to find you, I'll, I'll put the link to your LinkedIn uh, on the show notes. Yeah. Um, and also it's machine-learning-company.nl. Um, once the Tasswinkel E course is out, we'll put the link in there as well. That'd be super cool if you're Dutch speaking. Um, valuable there. And it sounds like that little business case template at the end um, could, could really be a cherry on top of that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, outstanding. 
Great. Yeah. Fus, thank you so much for, uh, for the time. I, I've yeah. watched you guys evolve a bit over the years with some jealousy because you've been able to pull off what uh, maybe we dreamed about at one point. So well done. Good on you. And, and it's uh, great to learn from you. Okay. Well, thank you very much also for inviting me and, uh, and it was nice uh, doing this and uh, well, good luck. And I hope that everybody can enjoy the things that we talked about. Learn more at ebillion.com slash podcast. 